Hi there, it's Emma and I just wanted to catch you before Edward turns up and lets you in. Just to talk about this week's recording, I had three little hellhounds with me during the entire episode and didn't realise how much noise my microphone actually picks up. So when you hear chewing, banging, barking, scratching, just know that I tried my absolute best I did contemplate not putting the episode out, but that just seems silly because I know a lot of you are waiting for it and we've already had loads of time off, so you've been warned. My audio is somewhat noisy, but my puppies are very cute, so I feel like that makes up for it. Anyway, enjoy the episode and next week I promise it'll be back to normal. Oh, here comes Edward. Right, I better shoot, I better get in there. Hello there. Are you sure you're in the right place? See the name on the door? This podcast is spine chillers and serial killers. Surely you don't want to come in here. You do. Well, I must warn you that things are pretty adult in here. Absolutely no children are allowed. Obscene language, shocking and horrendous stories to chill you to your core, and terrifying tales that'll keep you up at night. The ladies inside aren't quite right. Lovely and hilarious, but very... Strange. Still want in, do you? Well, you'll get what you're here for. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to Spine Chillers and Serial Killers. I'm Becky. I'm Emma. And I'm Tash. The only one that knows what they're doing. (laughs) Oh dear. Oh dear. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Why is there not a Happy New Year song? That old old Lamb (laughs) Zine. No, but I mean like one that says Happy New Year. I guess there is. Actually, just ignore me. What about Happy New Year to to you? Happy New Year to you. I think that's a famous one. We've made it famous anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I got a message on TikTok. Somebody going, are you coming back? Are you ever going to come back? We're because, on the way back, guys. Because uh, you're you're my favourite podcast, and I was like, oh, <gasps> oh, so sweet, so very sweet. Thank you. Well, we're back, baby. We're back. Oh. We're back with a boom, and I am back with three puppies in my recording studio. So I apologise in advance for any doggy noises. Oi, oi. <laughs> doggy not dogging sorry my my <laughs> did you guys see that um there were 10 foot aliens in miami i didn't no what were they doing there they were in the mall the the bayside mall in miami becky oh, did yeah. you see this i oh, know first of january right and there's footage not of the aliens of course because oh <laughs> obviously that would uh make it seem believable Basically, this massive police presence to the Bayside Mall in Miami, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cars, and apparently it was for 50 teenagers having a fight. That's what they're saying. How did they know there was 50 and not 49? Maybe they all got arrested. Maybe it was a cover-up, is what you'll say. Maybe. Maybe. What, like they were having a brawl? Yeah. Nice. And they had, like, not party poppers. What are those things, you know, the snapper things that you throw on the ground and they make a bang? Bangers. Bangers, I think. Bangers, yeah. Firecrackers. Yeah, is that that's the call? one, yeah. You could say anything and I'd be like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, firecrackers. <laughs> yeah. So they had them and sticks and this apparently warranted hundreds of police cars 
I mean, as far as the eye can see, police cars, right? Helicopters, they closed all airspace over the mall. People lost electricity. Because all the sticks. Yeah. Sticks. People lost phone signal, so they couldn't, like, communicate with each other. And the people that were in the mall were all running away in a panic. And there's been some witness accounts saying they were running away because they saw, like, these nine to ten feet figures. But do you know, like, in Predator, when they've got, like, that invisibility thing, but you can still kind of see them? Yeah. Yeah. That's what they said it was like. And they weren't threatening or chasing people particularly. They were just kind of walking about. And there is, if you look, there is like weird footage where you see one of these grey alien things, but I don't know. It's it's all blurry. And... Like, why have they gone to the mall, though? Are they just going to get pretzels or like... Well, there's it just of... feels like a strange place for them to go. Yeah, I don't know. It might have been a mistake. I don't know if they were meant to be there. That said, I do love a supermarket in a foreign country, so maybe it's that. The cover-up sounds a bit like, oh, well, there's aliens. What shall we say actually happened? Oh, uh, teenagers hitting each other with sticks and throwing firecrackers. Yeah. That sounds like such a, a made-up Karen-y, like, oh, there's teenagers. Yeah. You know what I mean? It is... Yeah. What are things is that I hate? Is there footage of the kids fighting? Not that I've seen. I've just seen footage of the helicopters and the police presence. Right. I'm going deeper into TikTok. Now, of course, this could be a lie, but some guy said his dad was a policeman in Miami and he and he couldn't believe that his dad hadn't mentioned this because it was like, it was huge, right? There were thousands of policemen. So he rings his dad and he says, how come you didn't tell me about what happened on January the 1st? And his dad goes, I can't talk about it. I'm not allowed to talk about it. And his son's going, what do you mean you can't talk about it? And he keeps kind of pushing him. And his dad's getting more and more annoyed going, what part of I'm not allowed to talk about it, don't you understand? And he was like really cagey. So anyway, aliens, Miami. Well, you know. Aliens in Miami. In Miami. Maybe they wanted to go rollerblading. Isn't that California? I'm sure they do that in Miami, Miami as well. The way it's got it's to, Miami to, to Disneyland. Is Miami in California or is California in Don't Miami? I. No, it's not. Miami's at the other side it's... on the little willy bit at the bottom. Ah, on the willy bit. You know the little <laughs> willy bit that comes out? That's that. Yeah. That's Florida. That's Miami and all that. Is Miami a state? Miami's a city and Orlando... Florida is the state. Oh, oh, the Americans listening to this are going, (laughs) But hold on, do they know about the counties in England? No, but will we take the piss out of them that they don't know any of that? Absolutely. So they can take the piss out of me that I don't know what states what. (laughs) I don't know any geography. I don't know why I try and pretend that I do. No. I don't know where things are or what they're called or anything. But at work, people will be on the phone like, where are you from? And I'll say, oh, I'm from Yorkshire. And they're like, oh, my family's from this town. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's not okay. <laughs> and I never know where it is. <laughs> oh, dear. Whilst we're talking about TikToks, um, have you seen those weird videos of, like, people with animals, like either a flock of, like, birds or whatever animal it is and then all of a sudden like so the one video that I can remember um vividly is she's in like the chicken coop feeding the chickens and then all of a sudden they all stop oh I showed you that one oh did you yeah I did and they all just froze and none of them were moving completely froze what the fuck and you can see that she hadn't frozen because she was still like moving the camera around and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I think they'd seen a hawk, and that was their natural reaction to just freeze. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I thought, fucking hell, that is really creepy. And then I looked into it a little bit more, and I do think they had seen a hawk. Oh, fair enough. Okay, so not a glitch in the matrix then. It's very odd. There's a glitch in the matrix of that woman taking a picture of herself. Someone's going by on a bus and it's stopped near this car and this woman's taking a picture, turns it round, take a picture, and like just 
yeah. over and over again. It's really weird. But not like yourself, you know, when you selfie, you can do kind of move around a bit more. She was just like, take yeah. a picture, look, take a I picture. Do, I do love a glitch in the Matrix oh, video. Have you, have you girls seen that video of that girl that just burst out laughing for no reason and just couldn't stop laughing? No, no. but I don't think I'd like that. I don't like that. Was, like that was horrendous, awful. And all her mates were like, genuinely like, what, what, what's happening? What's wrong with you? Do you not think she was just being silly? No. If I find it, I'll send it to you. It was Please not don't. nice. <laughs> I'm, I'm so gonna. I'm so gonna. Right. Are you ready for some story time? Yes. This week, I've been a little bit of a steely, Slut. steely scamp. Slut. <laughs> I've been a, a story thief. Not a story thief, but I found a story that I really wanted to do, and it's really long. That's what she said. And so I asked Becky if she minded if I just did one story this week. And she didn't, so that's cool. And you're going to do one next week, aren't you, Cherub? Yes. But next time. So, And mine is quite true crimey as well, so I'm just like proper cheeky this week. Ticking all the boxes. Bish bash bosh. Cheeky but sexy. I feel like it's more something I'd do than something that Becky would do. Let's do it, baby. Let's do it. So this week, our story is going to start with two very dark and very sad stories that end up intertwining in the most disturbing of ways. Oh, not wholesome. I looked up happy capybaras stories. (laughs) (laughs) I love those animals so much. And uh, funnily enough, I couldn't find any true crime or paranormal happenings that involved a happy capybara. That's annoying. In fact, any capybaras, even the depressed ones. I'd have been very impressed if you you had. None of them are depressed, are they? Well, maybe. One who didn't have any mates. Or he can't do the thing that Becky said about sleeping underwater. What if you're scared of water and all the other capybaras are like, oh, oh, <laughs> and he's just sat by the water? Yeah. I just like being dry. <laughs> that could be a Pixar well, music movie. It could be, couldn't it? The sad capybara. Dry capybara. <laughs> the dry capybara. The capybara that did not enjoy the wetness. <laughs> we don't go on forever. Let's get on. Don't Let's make do me then. moist. Don't make me no, moist. No, 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 moist is coming. That's what I was trying to, I was trying to move you along before she said it. <laughs> moist. Okay, I'm going to start with the little boy called Anatoly. That's a nice name. So he was born in Gorky in Soviet Russia. So nowadays that's known as Nitsny Novgorod. That's easy for you to say. No, it is not. <laughs> On the 1st of September 1966 to parents Elvira and Yuri Moskvin. He was an only child and had a very normal upbringing, doing very well at school as he was above average intelligence. Sadly, this meant he was awkward around other kids and became somewhat of an outcast. He spent most of his time reading at home and taught himself several languages before reaching his teenage years. So let's just let that sink in. A kid? likes to read, teaches himself several different languages before he's even 13. Probably a gifted child. So uh, he's Einstein. I think he was quite gifted. But by all accounts, Anatoly was happy and he didn't crave interaction with other children. He was quite content staying at home with his books. Sadly, though, he was about to live through multiple traumatic events that would change little Anatoly forever. The first happened one day when he was around eight or nine. On his way home from school, a man grabbed him, beat him severely, and sexually assaulted him. Why? Because he was obviously a paedophile. So weird. Anatoly never told anybody, which is extremely sad, until he was like in his 50s. That's so sad. Yeah, he went home that day and didn't tell his mummy and daddy what had happened. Oh, it depends whether he was so traumatised or whether he thought he'd be blamed for it. So it just depends on how his parents were. 
from what I can understand, his parents were pretty normal and, you know, he had a loving family. So I'd, as you say, it might have been the, just the shock, the trauma. We're just not going to talk about it. Reaction. Yeah. Oh, bless. The second event happened on March 4th, 1979, making Anatoly 12 years old. He was out on a school outing collecting rubbish. It was part of a government scheme that rewarded the school that collected the most. So Anatoly mistakenly wandered into somebody's garden and saw something really weird. A group of people huddled around something. They were wearing long cloaks and seemed to be praying in a language he didn't understand. And that's saying a lot because he speaks several languages. He does. I bet it was Latin. Ah, uh, possibly. I uh, know because I think Latin was probably one of the first languages he taught himself. Yeah, that's valid. I take that back. He decided it was best to leave, but one of the men of the group saw him and told him to come over. As he did, he realised what he had stumbled upon. It was a funeral. Oh! Yeah. In the coffin was a young girl about his age. She was called Natasha Petrova and had accidentally electrocuted herself during a bath. How do you do that? She, apparently her house was in renovation and she had reached for a towel and touched a live wire. Oh yeah, that old chestnut. Doesn't sound suspicious, does it? Well, either way, that's, that's apparently what happened to Natasha. He was horrified, little Anatoly was, at the sight of the little dead girl inside her coffin. Natasha's parents then asked him to kiss their daughter on the forehead. What? I thought he was seeing this from far away and I was thinking, what are they doing with the coffin, like waving it around? This has escalated quick, hasn't it? No. So he's in the garden. Some dude that was around the coffin has seen him and called him over. So now he's like in the funeral party. He's like, come and kiss my dead daughter. That was a very good Russian accent. It was such a good Russian accent. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) It was terrible. (laughs) So I was like, let's pretend that I didn't do it. Why did this man... Do we get to why or do we not know why? We kind of get an explanation. Okay. Anatoly was absolutely repulsed and started crying and saying that he would not. But they insisted and began forcing his face towards Natasha. And they didn't let him go until he had kissed her three times. (laughs) I feel attacked, though. (laughs) I feel offended by this, yeah. So they've got this little boy, never met him before, and they're forcing his face into that of their dead kids. That's weird, mate. As well, is it normal in a funeral to have the coffin open just before it goes into the ground? They're in their their garden. I don't think it's about to go into the ground. It's not. When he finally was allowed to stand back up, from kissing Natasha. Her mother thanked him and gave him an apple. She then reached into her pocket and got out two rings. She placed one on her daughter and one on Anatoly's ring finger, telling him that they were now married. Oh my God. Weird, eh? Yeah. She then gave him some sweets and money and let him leave. So this is going to fuck with Anatoly, like... Oh, my God. So is he now a widower? Yeah, it's like, hi, what are you guys doing? Oh, right, okay. (laughs) I guess I'm married now (laughs) to a dead person. So as a side note, I looked at which cultures have posthumous marriages like this, and I only found similar things happening in China, Japan, Sudan, France, and even the United States, but not in Russia. This plus the fact that Anatoly did not understand the hymns they were singing makes me think that perhaps this family had roots from another culture. But that's just totally what I'm assuming after looking into this like really strange ritual. Another possibility is it was some kind of sect going by the cloaks and the strange marriage he was forced to take part in. All of this, again, it's just speculation. In the cultures where they do practice marriages for the dead and single, It's so the deceased will always have ties to the living. So that's why they do it. Yeah, I was thinking maybe something like that to kind of keep her going through this lab. Yeah. It just feels weird that they hadn't 
organized yeah for somebody to for her to be married that they literally just that he stumbled across what was happening and they were like now's our time you'll do it does a bit i hadn't thought of it like that but yeah maybe they did but he didn't turn up maybe he was like no i don't want to kiss somebody who's dead thank you or be married nope nope yeah so anatoly went home that day dazed truly believing that he was now married to a dead girl because he's 12 he's 12 right he's been forced to kiss the corpse he's got a wedding ring everybody's telling him he's married he's like yeah i'm totally married to a dead person now poor lab that night natasha's ghost visited him in a nightmare asking him to perform black magic for her he absolutely did not want to and was terrified by the dream that's fair enough yeah But every night, Natasha kept coming back, begging him to perform a ritual for her. Even though Anatoly was terrified by the girl's ghost, he began visiting her grave, often. After all, he really believed that she was his wife and he should visit as much as possible. That is when he discovered something he didn't know about himself. He felt completely at ease in a graveyard. It felt right to him to be there. And it brought him great peace. And so began Anatoly Moscovin's obsession with the dead and their final resting places. He also began studying black magic and the occult. Even if at first the idea frightened him, it also intrigued him. And being the intellectual that he was, he began collecting books and documents on the subject, much to his mother's dismay. Natasha haunted Anatoly for a whole year. He eventually told his parents about his nightmares and they took him straight to the doctor, who was of absolutely no help and said that he was just going through the beginnings of puberty and that he should relax and drink more tea. Yeah. That will do it. Do you know what? That would be my recommendation too. Needless to say, this didn't help. And so eventually he just asked Natasha how he could get her to leave him alone. And she told him he must perform a ritual with another boy's tooth. And then she would be attached to that other boy instead of Anatoly. What the fuck? Don't ask me how he did, but he did indeed find another tooth and perform the ritual. And sure enough, Natasha never visited him again. That's wild. But are you still losing baby teeth at 12? I reckon so, because not all of Esme's teeth have come out yet. And she's 11. Okay, so it is feasible that one of his mates lost a tooth. Yeah. And he was like, I'm going to have that, thank you. So weirdly, though. Eventually, he enrolled in the philological faculty of Moscow. Nice. No questions about that? I don't really know what a philological philosophy is. (laughs) Sounds like a book. Sounds like a Harry Potter book, kind of. Philological faculty is basically the study of languages. So the history of the language and anything to do with its roots. So that's what he was studying. Being extremely good at languages, it seemed like the obvious choice. It was during this time that he met and joined a Luciferian group. So Luciferians are a little like Satanists, except they make a difference between the two. So they worship Lucifer and not Satan. So in some cultures, people think that Satan and Lucifer are the same person and others believe that they are different people. Apparently, there are seven princes in hell. Each have a deadly sin to themselves. So Lucifer is the prince of pride, whereas Satan is the prince of wrath. Okay. So Luciferians are guys who worship Lucifer. He was welcomed with his knowledge of the occult and, of course, his intriguing story of his marriage to a dead girl. They would perform rituals and even sacrifice animals. The group gladly taught him all they knew about black magic, adding to Anatoly's interest for everything dark and strange. As weird as his interests were, he was excelling at school writing his thesis for the Department of German and Celtic Philology and left school fluent in an astounding 13 languages. That's wild. It's mad, isn't it? Mental. 
He was employed in his hometown's university teaching Celtology. 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 Uh, so it's Celtic studies, basically. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's the academic discipline occupied with the study of any sort of cultural output relating to the Celtic-speaking people, i.e. speakers of Celtic languages. This ranges from linguistics, literature and art, history, archaeology and art history. The focus lying on the study of various Celtic languages, living and extinct. The primary areas of focus are the six Celtic languages currently in use, Irish, Scottish, Gaelic, Manx, Welsh, Cornish and Breton. Okay. Told you I had some facts all about this. So that's it's in the facts. Interesting that he's studying that when he's in Russia. Like, it's quite a way away, isn't it, from him? Yeah, but I think that's probably why he's doing it, because it's a bit out there and a bit weird and a, very difficult. Yeah. So edgy. Isn't life weird? Like, yeah. who wakes up and thinks that's what I'm going to study? <laughs> I just think weird. To what purpose? I also think that when I was younger, I'd be like, oh, my God, he's like Lucifer. and He's so sexy and he, and he likes bad things. <laughs> You're a liar. You would have said, have you got a car? Can you drive me around? <laughs> <laughs> I'll go out with you if you drive me somewhere. <laughs> what does that make me sound like? <laughs> Slag. If not, I'll have to hitchhike like my suicidal two friends. <laughs> Listen, I never died. You didn't die. I've got some fun stories to tell about it, so... During this time, he also published two Russian to English dictionaries, as well as other books about language. So this guy just writes a dictionary. I mean, someone's got to do it. For fun. Someone's bored. I don't know. You've got to be a special kind of someone to think, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to not only write one dictionary, but two. On the exact same subject. Obviously, someone wrote the dictionary, but I just never really thought of it. But someone has got to do that, haven't they? Yep. Yeah. And also, if I was writing my own dictionary, I'd be like, yeah, if you look up the word gorgeous, there'd just be a picture of me like, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> Put a load of stuff in there like that. Look up sexy and there's me like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Heads be full of shit like that. <laughs> His colleagues said that he was definitely odd, but also brilliant, some even qualifying him as a genius. But his eccentricity also made him difficult to work with, and after some time and multiple arguments with the staff, he decided to leave the university to concentrate on his writing and began tutoring kids. His parents said he had a gift with children and was an excellent tutor who enjoyed the company of children, and they learned a lot during their lessons. Anatoly met a lady called Yulia, Julia, Yulia, Grenova in 2003, and they started a platonic relationship. Anatoly was asexual, and he found the idea of sex disgusting. He wasn't doing it right. Well, again... No, I, I would, I'm joking. Listen, people do what you want to do. Some people just don't want to have sex. But this could come from the trauma of the sexual assault. Yes, yes. And it could, and apparently in the Luciferian group, they took a vow of um, celibacy. Oh, did they? And uh, apparently he took that pretty, pretty seriously as well. So he couldn't drink, smoke or have sex. Sad times. Yeah. This suited Julia. She was a spiritual woman, also highly intelligent, and Anatoly enjoyed their debates and conversations, but most of all, he enjoyed the companionship he had been missing throughout his life. That's nice. Julia, however, did want one thing. A child. A good shag. A child. Oh, same thing. Yeah, I suppose. Anatoly was happy about this, as he too longed to be a parent to a little girl. Just a little girl, not a little boy. Mm, okay, 50, weird. 50 chance. I imagine this had some weird connection with his trauma from being married to Natasha. Did he name the baby Natasha? Sadly, though their requests to adopt were always denied, they didn't make enough money and they also didn't live together, which is a bit odd if you're trying to adopt a child together. Yeah, it makes no sense yeah. at all. Anatoly still lived with his parents, who were totally against him adopting because they weren't overly happy about him still being at home in his 30s. 
and definitely didn't want an extra mouth to feed. He even went as far as to threaten his parents with black magic to get what he wanted. But they were so used to his weirdness that they just shrugged it off and didn't back down. Due to these multiple rejections from the adoption agencies, he and Julia, or Julia, eventually stopped seeing each other. Anatoly was once more left alone with his books and bizarre fascination with the dead. He started working as a journalist, providing articles for the local newspapers and magazines, writing about the dead and the local cemeteries. He called himself a necropolist and was considered an expert in his town. So a necropolist apparently is a made-up word that doesn't really exist, but he meant it as an expert in graveyards and all the people that were buried in the graveyards. Oh. So there, there you go. And that word hasn't stuck. I, I mean, I don't think so. I don't think it's a real word. It could be. In 2005, Oleg Ryabov, a fellow academic and author, commissioned Anatoly to visit 700 cemeteries in 40 regions, writing down all the information he could about the dead that were buried there. A dream job for Anatoly. He would go everywhere on foot, walking up to 30 kilometers a day sleeping on haystacks or even in the graveyards themselves and drinking from puddles to stay hydrated. That's too much. Why are you drinking from a puddle, man? He's a bit odd. On one occasion, a coffin had been left out for an upcoming funeral. And guess what Anatoly did? Climbed in the coffin. He thought it was his lucky day and he spent the night inside. Was there a body in it? No, 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 it was empty. He would be questioned multiple times by police who thought it was odd that this strange man was hanging around in cemeteries, but he never got arrested as he would show them all his work and credentials. Sometimes the graves were so old that he couldn't make out any of the writings on the tombstones, so he would clean the gravesite and restore what he could to get the information needed. A bit like you two on your school trips doing your rubbings. Bloody he loved it. <laughs> He was not always welcomed with open arms by the public, who he met grieving by the side of loved ones' graves. This meant that he got beaten up multiple times and was even escorted out of a town by law enforcement telling him never to come back. Some people were kind to him and offered him lifts, food and water, but most just thought of him as a weird, creepy guy that liked lurking around graves. I don't think they're wrong, to be honest. Uh, no, they're not that wrong. His work has never been published, but it is considered unique in its detail and priceless. He visited 752 graveyards in total, and upon his return in 2010, he began writing two articles a week about cemeteries and their history. Anatoly had quite far-right views and did not restrain himself from sharing them in his articles, especially after the 2011 International Airport terrorist attack. This put him in quite an awkward position when Muslim graves began being desecrated. Headstones would be painted over, and sometimes the bodies were dug up and left on the side of the grave. Oh, that's, oh, that's horrible. Police, of course, already had Anatoly on their radar for being the odd graveyard guy. And now, with his anti-Muslim views being published for all to see, it's not hard to understand why he became their number one suspect. And that is where we shall leave Anatoly for now. I'll be coming oh, back to Anatoly. Anatoly. We're going to come back in a minute. In 2002, 10-year-old Olga Shardimova was at home pleading with her parents to let her walk to her grandma's house on her own. Oh, it sounds like Red Riding Hood. It was only a block away, and after all, she was ten now and felt like she deserved a little bit more freedom. Her mother, Natalia, eventually agreed, and the next day when her parents had left for work, Olga got her favourite green bag and blue umbrella and left to go and visit her grandma. As she got down to the lobby of her building, full of excitement and pride of being allowed out on her own, she was accosted by a drug addict that was skulking about. He dragged her to the building's attic and robbed her of her earrings. Olga tried to escape, but the man bashed her over the head with a metal bar, killing her instantly. Oh, baby. Poor girl. Awful. 
Her body was found shoved behind some pipes in her own building five months afterwards. She was buried on the 2nd of October 2002 in Nitsi Novgorod. Her parents were destroyed, understandably. The first time they had ever let their beautiful, blonde, smiling little angel have a tiny bit of independence, a monster had come and ripped her away from them. They spent a lot of time by her grave, and in 2003, they decided to put up a little fence. They began painting it, but strangely, when they returned to finish it, they got like an eerie feeling that someone had been there. A wreath had been moved, and something just fell off. It was at this point the parents began seeing letters left on the grave, all signed D.A., which meant Dobry Angel or Kind Angel. The letters were all addressed to Olga, calling her Little Lady and wishing her well on all the public holidays, congratulating her on another year of school as if she was still alive. Things like, well done on your sixth year of school. The person would decorate the grave every 1st of January, wishing Olga a happy new year. These letters didn't feel like just a sick joke. They felt menacing and were so painful for her distraught parents to read. They'd be frightened every time they visited, scared of what new disturbing thing they would find. Sometimes teddy bears stolen from other graves would be waiting for them, or even worse, letters threatening to dig her up and leave her on the grass for them to see if the parents did not erect a great monument like she deserved. That's horrible. I know that I'm, I'm pulling a face, which doesn't help a podcast. But, um, she deserves this big monument, yet you would disrespect her by dis- digging up her body and leaving it on the side. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. Well, none of it makes sense, really, but that di- really didn't make sense. So they did indeed give her a nicer headstone, but the Dobry Angel must have not approved because he took an axe to it, destroying it completely. Fucking pay for it yourself then, you twat. Olga's parents had gone to the police about the torment that they were enduring, but the police said they couldn't do much, but that if ever they did find the culprit, that they would turn a blind eye to whatever the parents did to this monster. Wow. Yeah. Olga's father admits that if he had ever found them, he would have killed them. No doubt about it. This torture of getting letters to their dead daughter's grave, lasted for nine years. Oh, my God. What year was this again? This, it, this was, well, it's, she was buried in 2002. So this went on for nine years. So and up until 2011. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yes. <laughs> nine plus two. So... Almost as long as Olga had been alive, parents had to endure this after her death. That's so weird. It actually ended up separating her parents, her mother moving away whilst her father stayed, unable to leave his deceased little girl. But after 14 months, the couple reunited and had another baby, a little boy, that restored their faith in life. Little did they know that the worst was yet to come. Oh, my God. So we're back to Anatoly. So the police are investigating the damage that's been done on several Muslim graves. On the 2nd of November 2011, they raided the Moskvin's apartment. The place was cluttered, to say the least, full of books. Apparently, he had a collection of, like, 600,000 books. Oh, wow. Yeah, like an insane amount of books. Cluttered with books, notes, maps, plans, and just general junk. Yeah, I mean, imagine like a hoarder's place, you know. That's, yeah. yeah. Um, so it smelled really bad as well. Anatoly was taken away for questioning, but at first glance there was nothing inside the flat to incriminate him in any way for the grave disturbances. However, there was something a little odd about the Moskvins' home. They seemed to have a large collection of homemade dolls ranging from all sizes, but some being over four foot tall. They were dressed in long stockings and boots and had bonnets on. When asked about this, Anatoly's parents said it was one of their son's hobbies to make dolls. 
He'd always liked and collected dolls. They found it weird, but as it wasn't hurting anyone, they just left him to it. The police that were searching the flat had to move a few of these creepy dolls, and as they did, they heard rattling coming from inside. Oh, Their hearts sank, thinking, what on earth could Anatoly have put inside these awful-looking things? They opened one up, only to find, to their horror, that this was... Oh, it's teeth. No, it's worse. This was no ordinary doll. This was, in fact, the mummified corpse of a child. When you started going on about all the dolls, I was like, no! I have, <laughs> I have seen a picture of the dolls, but I didn't know like the whole story behind it. So, hold on. So, the dolls are not dolls. They're mummified. Some of his collection are dolls. He does like dolls. Some of his collection are human corpses. How would his parents not notice that? On the smell. They then began looking around them at all the other dolls, and they knew that they had in fact stumbled across something a lot more sinister than a hate crime. 26 dolls lived with Anatoly, each one a mummified corpse. Mate, that ain't normal. <laughs> no, sweetie, we don't tend to cover normal people on this podcast, though, to be fair. That, that- that's like next level weird though, isn't it? I mean, this is like Carl Tanzler times 26, right? Yeah. Yeah. Carl. Oh, Carl. <laughs> he comes back every year. <laughs> he had put music boxes inside them or voice boxes from other toys. Oh. One creepily saying, Teddy Bear loves honey. That's fucking weird. Oh. He did this. Oh. <laughs> He did this so that they would make noise when he moved them. It turns out that Anatoly wasn't just collecting data when he visited graveyards, he was also collecting corpses. Well, that kind of makes me feel better that he's not killing them himself. Oh, no. No, no, no. But it, obviously, it's still absolutely horrific. Awful. He told officers that he had favourites that were in the main living area of his home but some he had grown to dislike, and they were just left abandoned in his garage. That's nice, isn't it? Yep. He had learnt how to mummify the corpses and covered the faces with wax or silk before applying makeup. He would steal clothes from other graves. He stuffed their bodies with rags so that they kept their shape. If the heads would not stay in the right position, he would simply remove the head and replace it with that of a real doll making, I'm sure, a nightmare-esque sight. I bet he got annoyed with the heads not staying upright. Oh, the head's not staying upright. Of course it's not staying upright because it's a corpse. Yeah. Anatoly had pushed buttons or doll's eyes into the eye sockets so his girls, like he liked to call them, could watch cartoons with him. He considered the dolls his children and would celebrate their birthdays each year. He knew all their names, backgrounds, and causes of death. He admitted that even though there were only 26 bodies in his home, he had dug up almost 250 graves. Oh my god. And this was confirmed once the police found photos of the desecrated burial sites, metal plates that he had stolen from people's headstones. Sometimes he had just dug up the body to talk to it, or look at it, and then put it back. Sometimes he had turned them into mummified doll, but got bored with them, so had reburied them. His morbid collection of corpses ranged in age from three to 29 years old. Understandably, the story hit the news hard the next day, and the world was shocked by Anatoly's crimes. He was dubbed the puppeteer. His parents, who categorically denied any knowledge of the dolls being actual human corpses, were shunned by everyone. His father suffered a near-fatal heart attack and his mother was hospitalised for unknown reasons, but she said it was to do with her son's arrest. His mother even asked her husband if they should kill themselves, but he refused and instead, once well enough, they both moved away to live in isolation. People just could not believe that the two could have been living with 26 dead bodies and not realise what was going on. Yeah, I don't believe that, to be fair. 
the smell alone must have made them think something was wrong. But in their defence, they did live in another house during half the year. And it was never proven that they knew about Anatoly's horrendous hobby. So, you know, innocent until proven guilty, they didn't know. I think I thought dead body smells like dead body, mummified or not. I'm pretty sure it smells a certain way. Apparently, even the neighbours had been complaining about how much it smelled. I mean, there's 26 dead people in his house. Yeah. But anyway, they didn't know. They were never charged with anything, so... Anatoly said he started his collection in 2003 after he and his parents had fallen out over him wanting to adopt a little girl. To begin with, he would read the obituaries waiting for a child's death. Then at night, he would go and lay on the grave and wait for the child to speak to him. He had learnt that Celtic druids had similar rituals. When he had been asked by a child to take them, he would dig them up and put them in a bag hidden in the graveyard where he would start the drying process by adding baking soda and salt. He would change the bags once a week until the body was ready to be brought back to his house and turned into a doll. His hope was that he would conserve the bodies long enough to be able to bring them back to life, either using black magic or waiting until science found a way. He was obviously forgetting that he had removed organs, stuffed them with rags and dried them out, which doesn't really bode well for uh, resurrection. No. Especially the ones that he'd like removed the head, you know. But hey, what do I know about mummifying dolls? and Nothing. Nothing, <laughs> thank God. I mean, actually, after this story, I know more than I would like. I think the poor parents go in to visit their poor child's grave devastated about losing their child and then some twat has stolen it yeah awful when he got too old to spend hours laying on top of graves he would bring the corpses home directly so that he could hear them better and it made laying with them more comfortable he said that their families had left them out in the cold and he was bringing them home to warm them up fuck off As he collected more and more corpses, he said that they had their own language and would speak with each other. There was also a hierarchy between them, and they all respected one another. Anatoly showed no compassion whatsoever to the girl's parents. As far as he was concerned, the minute they'd put them in the ground, they no longer belonged to them and were free for him to take. He never apologised to any of the families for what he had done to their loved ones and still to this day does not see why he should. When he was arrested, he said, don't bother burying them too deeply, as when I am free, I will only dig them back up again. In May of 2012, his trial began. He was facing up to five years of imprisonment, because actually all he'd done, there's not a law, because it's never really, you know, nobody's ever done this before, there's not really a law against making dolls out of corpses. So they got in with other stuff like desecration of graves, you know, disturbing the dead and that kind of thing. And that only holds a five-year sentence. But he was deemed insane after being diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia and sent to a psychiatric hospital where each six months his case would be reviewed. Some of the families of his victims were appalled. They wanted him sent to prison for life. They wanted the death sentence. The judge ordered him to pay each family $75,000, but then, heartbreakingly, one family declined the offer saying that Anatoly Moskvin had treated their daughter better than they ever had. That's weird. Well, they must have just, I don't know, abused her or been extremely poor and not provided. I don't know. I don't know. That's a very odd thing to say. So weird. Very weird. In June of 2015, Moskvin had another hearing to extend his stay in psychiatric care because it was almost certain that he would resume his morbid hobby if he was let out. He apparently gets beaten by the guards and other patients and eventually he had to be placed in isolation. His mother said that he is on so many pills a day that he can't think, write or function as a human anymore. He just sits there drooling. She would like him to be transferred to another facility in Moscow. However, she doesn't wish for him to be released. 
Anatoly now wishes to be released so he can marry his 25-year-old girlfriend. Ah, these bloody women. Who knows exactly what he did. The mind fucking boggles. And he wants to start tutoring and teaching languages again because, you know, he's just so deluded. He thinks, I can just get out, marry my 25-year-old hottie and start tutoring kids again because everybody's going to be fine with me now. No. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be. Who's getting married with him? I said this before that them women that just do that, we just just get them all in a room and give them a good slap across the face wake them up they're like oh but you don't know him that i do i can change him i think a lot of it is they're attracted to the attention that they get from someone who's like famous in a way even though they're not famous yeah but he's famous for digging up children and turning them into hideous dolls like either that or they just don't believe that he did do anything wrong it's i don't know what how there's no logic in it so we're never going to understand what they think, but I think they all need a good slap. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So far, judges are keeping him locked away, even though now the doctors are saying that he has been cured for, from his schizophrenia. I think maybe the judge realises how unbearable it would be for the families to see him walk free and how terrified they would be that he'd just go and do it again. But knowing that the doctors say he should be free to leave to either live with a relative or going to a care home, I don't know how long the judges will continue to extend his sentence. So he could be let out soon. Why? Well, because he didn't go to prison because he was mentally ill. And now the doctors are saying he's not mentally ill anymore. But they're not actually saying he can just go and live on his own. He's got to go and live with a relative or in a care home i mean i just like i know that some things are due to mental mental health issues or you know psychiatric problems like i do understand that but i do still feel like you have to be punished for your crimes yeah now that he's not insane or not declared insane he should just go to prison then but even so it would only be for five years still five years though isn't it yeah and also, prison is about reform. He said that he's going to do it straight away when he gets out. Well, he said that before. So whether he still thinks that way, I don't think so. I don't think he's saying that now. But yeah. then again, if he can't say anything, yeah, and he's just drooling all day, once he's off those meds, it'll probably all come back. Oh, yeah. How do these two stories connect? Little Olga's murder and Anatoly. So you've probably guessed by now, Anatoly was the kind angel who tormented little Olga's parents so badly. She was, in fact, the first corpse he took in 2003. So all those letters for nine long years, Olga was already gone. Her parents were visiting an empty grave. So do you remember when they went back and they thought, oh, something's weird, someone's been here? Yeah. He had indeed been there and dug her up and taken her. Once the police had found his collection, they remembered Olga's parents and said it would be best to check if she was still there. When they did, they found an empty coffin with a hole carved out of the top. Now, for me, I can sort of understand that Anatoly was a very sick individual, but to torment those poor people for nine years is beyond comprehension that behavior cannot be justified just by mental health issues my opinion is that he knew exactly what he was doing natalia olga's mum is terrified that he will one day be released even though olga is now buried in an unmarked grave she fears he will find her and take her again stating that she had olga for 10 years and he had her for nine it's vile Horrible. I don't know how you ever get over that. Making things even more difficult for Natalia, from her kitchen window, she can see the psychiatric hospital that Anatoly is in. Stop it. A daily reminder of what he put their family through, but also the knowledge that he is locked away from them. 
for now, at least. And that's the end. That is Anatoly Moskvin. That's wild. What a strange, strange story and a strange, strange man. I'm glad to hear the full story because I'd just seen bits and bobs on TikTok or on like, I don't know, a little article about oh, this man with all these dolls and they ended up to be real people. And I've seen one or two pictures of the dolls and they, they're horrible. Yeah. Oh, it's just horrible. It's so sad. I mean, it's sad, obviously, for the families and, and, and that. And it's just, if he is mentally ill, it's sad that no one picked that up on that before. It had to get to the point where he was stealing corpses. <laughs> like that doctor telling him to just go and drink some tea when he thought he was being haunted. I mean, you know, maybe he was being haunted. I'm just going to send you some photos now. Out of all his victims, Olga is the only one who was identified, like, publicly. I think the others just wanted, you know, their privacy, which is fair enough. Now, there's just a couple of photos. I don't want to share too much because, you know. Yeah, it's the, that, the first photo of the one with the pink coat on. Mm. Little love. That's uh, Olga, yeah. So, yeah, sicko. Absolute sicko. And... Do you see what I mean when I said, so it's not paranormal, but it is kind of true crimey, but it is definitely spine chilling. Yeah. I definitely felt it was more a mean thing. Yeah. It was very well written. Well done, Emma. Thank you. Yeah, well done, Emma. I really enjoyed that. He is a weirdo. Absolute weirdo. And I have absolutely no idea how my audio is going to turn out. And I apologize because I have... Three rescue puppies here who have been intent the entire time, you can confirm, to be (laughs) the biggest pain in the arse. Little monkeys they've been. Puppy playtime. Yeah, puppy playtime. So you can probably, you'll have heard toes, you'll have heard chewing, some barking, and I'm really sorry. They will grow up soon, few months. Yeah. They were calm last time, so... But then again, I suppose you've got two more now, but they'll get used to it. (laughs) They'll be all right. They'll be all right. Right. So, Becky, it's just you next week, yeah? Yeah, it's just me next. Not next week, but next time. Oh, next time, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. We're still doing the every two week thing. Forgot about that. What gives me time to edit all the dog noise out? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking nightmare. Fucking nightmare. He's looking at me with his big eyes like, I'm sorry, mummy. (laughs) <laughs> but he is little bugger buggers tash do you want to see us out uh yeah um you can catch us in all the usual places guys um thank you so much for listening we are happy to be back uh we wish you all a very very happy new year and we just want to say stay safe don't kill people and keep it weird I wonder what it was. It's my boob. He was born in the city of Gorky in Soviet Russia. So now I know. Now I knows. Now I knows. Are you gonna? Are you gonna do the accent for the rest of the story? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Negativo. <laughs> Nowadays, right. Days. I was going to say nowadays again. Nowadays. <laughs> All right, esophagus in the esophagus. Uh-huh. Have you seen the woman who's like a food and a spook? Food and a spook. Oh. oh, and she just a can't do it, can fo- she? Oh, that's so funny.
Oh, yeah. have you seen that one, Emma? Yeah. I, we'll send it after. I think I've seen the one with the guy who couldn't say crumbly pastry or something like that. Crunchy pastry or... Oh, yeah, yeah, but he's Eddie, trying to record uh, an advert flaky or something. Yes, flaky crust! Did That's we not it. mention this on the last one? Did we not talk about this? Oh, I don't think so. I don't know. Anyway. With the golden so, flaky crushed. <laughs> Go on. I compare these balloons to my breasts. Does the mother's talk? No. Been there? No, it's my dogs going. I sound like a man going. Oh, oh, oh. I thought Ben was commenting on something that we just said. Like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. And when I say massive, I'm talking hundreds of police cars, like the entire street. Was com- <laughs> this is fucking ridiculous. Can you hear them? I can hear some sort of commotion. <laughs> it sounds like you've got gremlins. <laughs> what are they doing? Just shut, come here. Right, you can podcast. You can go to bed. Don't panic piss on me.